Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. How many people have ever felt trapped before? Has anybody ever felt trapped in anything, in a relationship, in a church service right now? You're like, gosh, I got drug. I wish I could leave right now, stuttering pastor. Uh, but I felt trapped on my honeymoon. It's a true story. We had a great wedding, had a great honeymoon. I just hung out on the beach the whole time and ate tons of food. And then we had to fly back into the country. And we had to come through customs. And for most people, this is a non-issue, right? It's like you're in a line for a while, you come up to the counter, and they ask you a few weird questions, and then they let you back into the country. But we're like on this honeymoon high, right? So we're like, oh my gosh, we're coming back to start our life together. This is amazing. But we're going to have a white picket fence and a dog named Marley, and we're going to just change the world. This is going to be absolutely incredible. All the joy is through the roof in this experience. And we get up to the counter, and uh, we came through customs, and we get to the counter, and he asks us a few questions, and then he says, hey, I'm going to need y'all to go in this small little room over here with about three other people. It's like, is it okay if I ask why? He's like, nah, you just got to go in the room. <laughs> like, uh-oh. An hour later, he calls only me up to the counter, just me. It isn't my wife. Uh-oh, number two. And he says, excuse me, Mr. Dude, you know why I'm holding you? I was like, bro, I have no idea. I've only been married eight days. I'm literally on my honeymoon right now. I don't know why you're holding me in this little room with three other people. I have no idea. And he said that you have an active arrest warrant, and I'm probably going to have to arrest you right now. I'd been married eight days. Have a wife who was homeschooled her whole life. Who really thought she married some pastor guy that's like some preacher? I had to go tell her, hey, babe, small, small issue. Um, probably getting arrested tonight. Oh, maybe she handled it like a champ. She's like, I'll break down the walls. I'll call the lawyer. I'll get you out. I don't know what I need to do. I was like, that's why I married you, girl. Come on, somebody. You are the right one. But he told me to have a seat. He's like, man, it's probably going to be fine. Like, go have a seat, and I'll make some phone calls, and we'll probably be able to get you out of this. I was like, awesome. Hung out. I sat down. An hour later, he comes back, except this time he's got friends with him and handcuffs. And this is a true story. I literally got arrested in the middle of the airport on my honeymoon. And in that moment, I had all these dreams and kind of vision of how life was going to be of all the joy we were going to experience, how we're going to go home and have a white picket fence and a dog named Marley and watch like all the TV together and eat popcorn. It's a new married couple. Like This is going to be incredible, except I found myself in handcuffs in the middle of a cold airport. And if we're honest, though, I think all through my life, there's been times where that's been my reality. Just I have this plan for life, I have a vision for life of what life is going to be like, except instead, I found myself trapped. And all of us have experienced some of that in our lifetime, I imagine. 
So here's our question that I'm going to try to get in this morning. It's how can we live in true freedom? How can we live in true freedom? If you have a Bible, uh, let's flip open to John chapter 8. I got papers going everywhere, but it's all good. In John chapter 8, um, and we're going to read just a few verses here. It's going to be on the screen. But do you all mind reading it with me this morning? Is that cool? All right, I'm going to count on you all. The first service didn't do too good. They were like, yeah, we're in. We're going to read it. And then I was like the only one reading. It's like, all right, thanks a lot, guys. Y'all are, y'all are blessed. All right, you got me. All right, here we go. You ready? One, two, three, go. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I love that last verse. So if the son sets you free, you will be what life house? Come on, I like that. Three points out of this text that I'm going to get out. Here's point number one. How can we live in true freedom is one that we have to acknowledge that we all need freedom. Here's what Jesus explains in this passage. He says, truly, 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 truly means lean in. I'm about to say something very, very important. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Translation. We all need freedom. We all need freedom. The context of this passage is that Jesus is speaking to uh, Israelites who had heard about Jesus, heard his teachings, and said, hey, we want to follow you. Like, we believe in what you're saying right now, and we want to follow you. And what Jesus does is he says, all right, first lesson we're going to do today is on freedom. And all the people listening are like, no, 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 we're good on that. Like, we've never been enslaved to anyone. We're good. Like, we can go on, you know, to future lessons because we don't need any more freedom. And ultimately what Jesus explains is, hey, 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 I know you're saying that you don't think you need freedom, but we all need freedom. Uh, that one author explains it like this, uh, the four layers of repentance or freedom. One is that you, uh, you know, get... To, saved early on, and very soon there's some huge things in your life that are like, okay, that's not in line with Jesus. I got to get those out of my life, right? For me, and you'll hear more of my story later, it was addiction. I had some glaring things, heroin addiction, alcohol addiction. I smoked way too much weed. Like All these things were very obvious things that when I got saved, it was like, all right, those things have to go. Uh, you know, so you know, for us here in this room, it might be lying or stealing or cheating on your spouse or drug addiction or alcohol abuse or porn usage, whatever those huge, obvious things are. It's like, okay, I got to get those out of my life. Except oftentimes that's where we stop. It's like, 
all right, all the big stuff is out of my life, so I don't need any more freedom. But uh, the next layer is uh, the willful disobedience. It's clearly things that I know I should be doing, yet I don't do them. It's like, I know I'm supposed to like help the poor and like be generous, but I'm, I don't need to do that, right? So then, it, then what happens is the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you about these things. And then you start realizing, all right, I, man, I need to hand that over to him and I'm going to be obedient. Three is the unconscious sins and omissions. That's kind of more of the heart level stuff. It isn't the obvious things that are in my life that I need to get rid of or repent of, but it's kind of the underlying things that I don't even know are there sometimes, but slowly over time, the Holy Spirit will point them out to us in his love and his grace. And he's saying, hey, I've got more freedom for you to experience here or there. Yet, the last layer is trust structures. Oftentimes, these are way down deep in our heart. Uh, the ways that we've been formed in our upbringing and our culture, the way we view the opposite sex, our view of the good life, where pleasure is found. It's more these trust structures of how we were raised and the culture around us that has formed us into its image. So what I'm trying to say is wherever you are on the spiritual journey, there is more freedom to be experienced. There is more freedom. And if you just got saved like three minutes ago during worship because it was awesome and that probably happened, there's more freedom for you to experience. Or, man, if you've been following Jesus for 85 years and you're like, man, I've heard this message preached 85 times, there is still more freedom for you to experience. All of us need more freedom. And another way to say this is that all of us are addicts in one way or another. Here's how I define addiction. It's uh, the running after anything other than God in order to fill our vacancies in a way that eventually enslaves our hearts, our minds, and our bodies. This is what addiction is. It's that we have this emptiness in our soul that will not go untreated. It will be treated with something. And what we oftentimes do is we try to treat that emptiness with things other than God. And eventually what happens is that it enslaves us. It traps us. And it's exactly what Jesus is explaining here, that if you practice sin, you will eventually be a slave to the sin. All of us are made to have an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. There is a real God who made everything in the world for his glory and your joy, right? Like pizza. Have you ever just had a good slice of pizza? And it's like, yes, almighty God, right? Your glory and our joy. Or a really good cup of coffee. Anybody love coffee in here? I yes, we got some godly people up in this house. I'm a little bougie with my coffee, right? So I do like an Ethiopian pour over most mornings. And I'm telling you, those notes just hit your tongue in such a way. It's like, oh my gosh, I will worship you, right? He made, who came up with coffee? God did. He knew I was going to like it in 2022. And he had that in mind. Everything is for his glory and our joy. Or a peacock. Have you ever just like looked at a peacock before? I'm way off my script, by the way, but this is the later service, so y'all are getting a little bit tired version of myself. But like, have you ever seen a peacock and just been like, 
what? The colors and the feathers and that, who came up with that? Well, he did. There's a real God who literally made everything in the universe for his glory and your joy. And he made you to have a personal relationship with that God. And scripture says that in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want you to look at that verse. <laughs> this is talking about the presence of God, that in his presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You and I were made to enjoy him and to be close in an intimate relationship with him, yet something has clearly gone wrong. <laughs> And that thing's called sin. And the scripture says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? So even though we were made to know him and to be intimate with him and have that joy and that pleasure and his peace and his love always in us, always around us, that wholeness feeling, sin came into the world and it separated us from the all-satisfying God of the universe and leaves us empty. This is the human condition. All of us coming into the world, we all long for something that this world cannot offer us. And it is the presence of God. And what happens is that we are empty and therefore we try to treat that emptiness with the things of the world, whether it be alcohol, Amazon, or whatever it is. Oh, that hit a little too close to home right there. That we're giggling right there. Ultimately, what happens, though, is that we try to treat that emptiness with those things, and eventually it traps us, and it's like quicksand. That we're in there, and the more we fight in our own strength, the more we sink. So how can we experience true freedom? Well, number one, we have to acknowledge that we need it. I need help. I need help in order to get out of this Here's how Jesus uh, described this. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. He opens up the Sermon on the Mount, explaining that the way we come into relationship with him, into his kingdom, isn't by acting like we have it all together. It's ultimately by admitting that we actually need help. Blessed are those that know they're spiritually bankrupt, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Of God. So here's my question. How do you currently need more freedom in your life? Like, where on that diagram of the, uh, the four layers of freedom and repentance, like, where are you on that? Are you like, I'm kind of in one, but in two a little bit too? Or is it, hey, I'm through one, I got all the big things out, I think, but I'm into two? Or, or is it like, man, I've been following Jesus for so long, I'm working on those trust structures. Where are the things where God is saying, I've got more for you. I've got more freedom for you. I've got more joy for you. How can we experience true freedom? Well, one, we have to acknowledge that we need it. And two, if we can't rescue ourselves, then what's the answer? It's this, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He ends this passage by saying this. If the Son sets you free, then you'll be what, Lifehouse? Free indeed. True freedom is not found in Project Self. True freedom is found in coming to Jesus. 
Everything in this world is trying to point you to things that can acknowledge the problem in you, and they have a product that will hopefully help you with that problem. This is marketing. It's, man, I know you have that emptiness in your soul, so I'm going to put a really pretty girl on a hair commercial, and you think if you use this hair product, then you're going to look like that girl and have her life, and you'll be completely satisfied. Or a car commercial. It's like, man, I have this emptiness inside, and then all the marketing's like, if you drive this car, you will be a 25-year-old stud, and it's like all your life will be great. It's, it's how they play with you. Everything is saying, hey, we have the answer to your emptiness. Have a new car. Have a new outfit. Have the new Jordans. Have a self-help curriculum or book. Have CrossFit or yoga, that these things will help you to be a whole person. Yet, if we're honest, these things are not working. Yet, as Jesus started his ministry, he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Here's a translation. Jesus came to bring real freedom. All through his ministry, we see this, right? I love the story of the uh, demoniac, right? His whole town, his whole culture had tried everything in order to get him help. We're going to chain him up. We're going to have him at this uh, hospital, this counselor, this mental hospital. We're going to try everything in our culture to try to break this guy and offer him freedom. And what happens? It does not work except one encounter with Jesus, and he's in his right mind. All through Scripture, we see this, right? The woman at the well. All of culture had ostracized her and said, man, she's had how many husbands? No, we're not going to deal with her anymore except one encounter with the love of Jesus. And she's transformed forever and actually is an evangelist in her city after that. All the healings that Jesus did, all the casting out of uh, the demons that Jesus did over and over again. Jesus spoke he was going to bring freedom and then he actually brought freedom. To go back to uh, the story that the type A people in the room were like, he never finished the story. What happened? I'll finish the story. That's a preaching technique right there, right? You have the cliffhanger, and then everyone leans in, and then you got to bring it back later on, or else people are like, ah, I didn't hear it. But ultimately, I was in that airport. I was handcuffed. Uh, they took my wife away, so it was just me and a few officers. And you know, they held me for four hours. And I tried everything to get out of there, man. I was trying to make excuses. I was trying to explain my way out of there. I'm a preacher. I can talk, right? So it's like, man, let's just try to get out of here some way. I tried everything. I tried to slip my hand out once or twice. It's like, that's not, that isn't going to work. Uh, but finally, he was like, all right, it's time to transport you down to the jail. I was like, all right, let's go. And he said, do you want to put the handcuffs in the back and we'll like hide it over a coat and, 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 and you won't be embarrassed? I'm like, no, if I'm getting arrested in the airport, I want those handcuffs in front. I want everybody to see me, right? I want to, I want to end up on YouTube or something, the preacher getting arrested. It was like 11 o'clock at night. So there's like three people in the airport, but it's, it's a cool story. But he put me in the cop car and I went down to the jail and uh, I was about to be processed and I went behind uh, the doors and all that and the officer at the jail comes up to the arresting officer, 
and he whispers something in his ear. And I'm thinking, it's worse than I thought. It's all the things they didn't catch me for. They somehow knew about all the things I'd done. They're going to put me under the jail. It was so bad. Like, that's, that's what I'm thinking. But he comes up to me and he says, hey, uh, excuse me, Mr. Dew, but there's been a big mistake. I was like, you're dang right, there's been a mistake. Get me out of these handcuffs. Uh, but he said uh, that, uh, that there's been a big mistake and, and uh, these charges have already been handled and that I'm going to unarrest you now and take you back to your wife. I didn't need an explanation. I was just happy to go. Like, just take me. I, I, I want to get out of here. But then he started explaining exactly why I was able to go free. And he said a few years prior that, uh, that a judge had heard my case. And he heard all the charges that I had done, all the bad things I had done, all the horrendous things I had done. And he heard how I was doing now, and he made a declaration. And he slammed down the gavel, and he said, time served. I don't hold this against you any longer. I hope you see where I'm going. This is the same thing spiritually as well. How I got unarrested that day was not because I was a really awesome little boy or that I was really slick or I slid my hand out of the handcuffs and ran really fast or tried really hard. How I got freed that day was because a few years prior, that judge who had the authority slammed down the gavel. He made a declaration and said, I don't hold this against you. Spiritually, this is how we go free as well. It isn't based on our effort. It is based on 2,000 years ago. that The holy, just judge of the universe slammed down the gavel and said, paid for. Jesus Christ hung on the cross, and all of our punishment, all of our sin was put on him on the cross. And the holy, just judge of the universe slammed down the gavel and said, paid for. I don't hold this against you anymore. He was put in a tomb, and on the third day, he rose from the grave, conquering sin and Satan and death and everything. And exactly like that officer looked at me and he said, all right, Mr. Dew, you are free to go. I want to speak on behalf of Almighty God. You're free to leave. The chains have been cut. Except oftentimes we have Stockholm Syndrome. That the chain had been cut except we have fallen in love with our captor. And I just want to tell you, he ain't no good. <laughs> there's somebody better waiting outside the door. His name is Jesus, and he loves you. And I just want to tell you, you are free to leave. And he speaks this. These are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Please take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and lowly in heart. This is the only place in the Bible where uh, that Jesus explains what his heart is. He says it is gentle and lowly. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. How can we live in true freedom? How can we experience true freedom? Well, one, we have to acknowledge we need it. I can't break free on my own. I've tried to slip my hand out. I've tried to fight in the quicksand. I can't do it. Two is come to Jesus. I'm going to trust in Christ that he paid for my sin. 
that I'm going to lift my hands up in the quicksand and say, Daddy, get me out. And he picks us up and brings us out. Except three is this, keep abiding in Jesus. Keep abiding in Jesus. He explains it like this. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He's explaining to these brand new converts, freedom is not a one-time event, but it's an ongoing process. True freedom is not, all right, I got saved, I got grace, I can go live however I want. True freedom is, man, I enter into a relationship with the God of the universe, and I just want to be near you. He's saying that true disciples of Jesus aren't those that get saved and then live apart from Christ. True followers of Jesus abide in Jesus. I want you to touch your neighbor and say abide. Abide. That's a weird, like, Christianese word, isn't it? Abide. It's like, what in the world does that mean? Uh, When I first started traveling and speaking. It was about eight years ago. And uh, I had a friend uh, that traveled with me named John. And uh, we were like broke, broke, like real broke, like didn't have a lot of money to eat, like had they buy like uh, their 25 cent snacks on the way, like, like we were broke, broke. Um, he had this iPhone like one and a half. It was cracked. It was hardly even a real iPhone. Like I think it was like a great value iPhone type of thing with cracks all up in that mug. Uh, but he would charge it all the way to where we were speaking. Man, we drove 24 hours one time to speak at an event. You're like, why didn't you fly? Because we were broke. Uh, but he charged that thing all the way 24 hours uh, to go and, and uh, to speak at this event. And that thing worked all the way there. It's plugged in, man. He could call people, text people, uh, to get on Instagram to listen to rap music. We probably wouldn't have... Uh, uh, you know, actually been supposed to be listening to on the way to preach at a church. Uh, but he had that thing plugged in, and the whole time it was working. Uh, but then oftentimes when we got to the event, about three to five minutes later, that I'd hear John go, Ugh. and I knew what that meant. Uh, the phone had quit working. And this is what it means to abide, is that if we remain connected to the power source, we have unlimited potential Yet if we come apart from the power source, the presence of God, the word of God, the people of God, and try to do it on our own, we will be powerless yet again. So if you're here and you're like, man, I'm in Christ, I know Jesus, except I feel powerless, I feel trapped again, I just want to encourage you, come back to Jesus. Hop back on the power source. Come back to the charger, his presence, his word, his people, and find the freedom that you have been looking for. Uh, That one guy explains it like this. We can put the slide up of spiritual formation. Freedom is not a one-time event. It's an ongoing process. How we're transformed, and this is like the, uh, the triangle of spiritual formation is what it's called. A guy that's all about spiritual formation uh, came up with this. He's worked with t- 
tens of thousands of people to help them grow in Christ. And he explained that this is how spiritual formation happens. You have to have truth. Exactly what Jesus says there. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You have to have the Bible. All the time that we're getting uh, half-truths in our mind from culture, from songs, from music, from all these things. And if we're not careful, all those things can form ruts in our brain that are not really the way to freedom. And therefore, we have to keep coming back into God's word and replacing the lies in our mind with his truth and his word. Two is spiritual practices. That it isn't just enough to have the word of God. It's also that we have to put it into action. To pray, to have a Sabbath, silence and solitude. To all those things that uh, Pastor John teaches on, I'm sure, oftentimes of spiritual practices in order that you're exercising your spiritual muscles. And then three is community. Oh, man, I don't know if y'all know this. I'm sure you do, but y'all have a beautiful church. Beautiful people. And man, it's a beautiful place where you can just plug in and, and have real community, uh, to jump on a serve team, to have a small group of people that you meet with, to be discipled by someone and say, hey, I just need to open up about what's really going on in my heart. And all of that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So how we're transformed, it's a whole lot like a spiral that just keeps going up. Truth, spiritual practices, in community, empowered by the Holy Spirit, slowly transforms you into one degree of glory to the next, a little bit more freedom every single day. In verse 35 here, Jesus is closing his message and he says this, the slave does not remain in the house forever, yet the son remains forever. His children will stay in the house forever. The context of this passage, and if you read the whole chapter, then you'll go on to see this, but these are people that had made a profession of faith, yet it comes out that they weren't really followers of Jesus, that they hadn't really believed in Jesus. And he's explaining here that true sons and daughters of God will continue to abide in Jesus. They'll stay in the house forever. So I would just want to encourage you, keep abiding in Jesus. Stay connected to the power source of his Holy Spirit, of his word, of his community, of his people, his practices. He has more freedom for you to experience. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, the question kind of begs to be asked here, well, what is true freedom? I in our culture, how freedom means is that you can kind of do whatever you want. Like it's a life without restrictions. But what you're talking about, Chris, it doesn't really seem like that's what you're talking about. What is true freedom? Well, my little girl, Evelyn, um, is, is awesome. I love her, but she's one of the most passionate human beings I've ever met and is as strong-willed as they come. Does anybody have a kid that's like strong-willed? Because I need prayer. You need to come help me afterwards. I love my daughter right there. Strong-willed one. Come on, somebody. Three of them. Oh, Lord. Oh, she's strong-willed, man. Oftentimes when we're you know, coming out of a store or something, I'm holding her hand, and I love holding my little girl's hand. It's so sweet. 
uh, but she'll try to get away from me and run in the parking lot. This happens all the time. She looks at me like, Dad, you better let go of my hand. I'm trying to run. I'm, I'm out of that store finally, and I want to run. But there's cars going all over the place in that thing. Now, true freedom from her in that situation is not the freedom to do whatever she wants. It isn't a life without restrictions. It's glad submission to a good father's good, perfect, and pleasing will. True freedom is not the absence of restrictions. That's actually the opposite of love and freedom. And if I just said, all right, Evelyn, you go, that's not love. I say, sweetheart, I love you so much. You got to stay next to daddy. I know you can't see it right now. I know you're mad at me right now, snarling at me like, dad, you're so oppressive. I can't believe you. I love you, and you're just going to have to trust me. Man, I want to speak that to you guys, that true freedom. I know some of you are like, man, I, I just wish you'd give me what I wanted, God. And he's saying, trust me, that my ways are higher than your ways. I love you. True freedom is glad submission to his will. His will is good and perfect and pleasing. How can we live in true freedom? Well, one, we have to acknowledge that we all need it. Two is we got to come to Jesus. And three, we got to keep abiding in Jesus. Uh, but this isn't just a thing that I, I just read in a book or that I thought it'd be cool to come talk to y'all for half an hour and scream at you in a, um, a regal movie theater. Uh, but this is a thing that I've personally experienced in my own as we talked about earlier, I had a horrible speech impediment as a kid. I could not talk at all. If you were like, hey, what's your name? I literally could not tell you my name. Couldn't answer questions in class. I'd literally be sweating so bad every single day because I didn't want them to call on me. I couldn't order food at restaurants. I'd have to write it down on a sheet of paper. Like literally just a crippling speech impediment. And then um, on top of that, which caused a lot of anxiety, a, a lot of just, just a hard upbringing. I also had this emptiness inside my soul that I didn't really understand why it was there. I had friends and family members that were happy and like enjoyed life. And I was like, what is, how, how do you do that? Because I could put on the happy face on the outside, except on the inside, I was a hollow human being. And so as a young kid, I made a, a a decision that, hey, if I'm going to be on this planet for maybe 80 years or less, and I've got this crippling speech impediment with anxiety and this emptiness, then I'm going to try to get as much pleasure from this world as possible. And I chased after all kinds of different things. It was like sports at first, except as you can see, I'm short and white and can't jump, so that doesn't work so well. I tried. I loved basketball, but I was just awful. I was like, okay, it's not sports popularity. If I can get all the right clothes and all the right friends and I can be viewed as this popular guy, then I'll be whole and I'll be happy in life. And that didn't work either. And I tried all kinds of different things. I could go down the list, but eventually I smoked weed for the first time. And I was like, this is it, man. This is my answer. I can calm down a little bit. I can, I can hang out all by myself. I'm not anxious. And the plan was that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to do uh, you know, weed, I'm not going to do hard drugs, uh, but extremely quickly I got on harder and harder drugs and eventually became a heroin addict. 
And at the age of 16 years old, I had to check into my first mental hospital because of heroin addiction. And uh, very quickly, I could go into lots of horror stories, uh, but I'll save you from that. Uh, but it, it spiraled very quick downward. Had legal issues, had health issues, had financial issues. My parents got a divorce. My father passed away. Like just, just everything that could have happened. And I ended up, uh, I ran out of money, and I was about to be homeless. And I was 100 pounds, still couldn't talk had track marks up and down my arms. I tried yet another treatment center. I was coming off other drugs, and I'd been there about a week, and I get invited to a church service. I was like, man, I don't really like church or nothing like that, but I guess I'll go. And I went that night. I, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't have any real higher power conception. Uh, but that night, when it was Christmas Eve of 2010, and I heard a message about a God who loves screwed up people. And I heard a message that there's a God who, if I handed him all the broken pieces of my life, he could turn it into something beautiful. And man, I didn't understand all the implications or all the theology behind it. All I knew is that my way wasn't working. And that sounds pretty good. I'm going to give that a, a try. I turned from my old life. I placed my faith in Jesus. And I'm telling y'all, nothing has been the same since. He snatched me out of hell that night. Yeah, let's give God glory and some praise for that. Oh, man, about three months later, uh, I'm trying to learn how to follow Jesus. Man, I'm trying to do all the things we talked about, scripture, spiritual practices, in community, in the church, empowered by the Spirit. And I feel like uh, the Lord says, hey, I'm going to have you preaching my word, preaching the gospel, sharing your story. And I was like, God, I, I can't talk. I literally can't even order food at a restaurant. How can I ever do that? And he said, I made your mouth. I can do anything I want with you. Yeah, we'll give, we'll give him some, some praise for that. But here's my thing for you tonight, is that that's a crazy freedom story. It hasn't been easy. It isn't all rainbows and and all that in the tweetable version, how it sounds. It's been, it's been a dogfight some days. But here's what I want to tell you, is that he's got more freedom for you today. I don't care where you are in your freedom journey, man. If you just got saved, or if you've been following Jesus forever, or if you're not yet a Christian and you're just here because a friend invited you, I just want to tell you that he's got more freedom for you, and freedom tastes real good. In his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. What you are craving in your inner person is him. He's what you're longing for. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.